0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth.
1: Seven and a half years ago, um, this couple showed up here, and they said they needed a new place to go, and they felt like the Lord was leading them here. And we were so excited because we had been praying for, for help. And they've been absolutely tremendous. We just love Bob and Lori so much, and uh, we're having a great send-off time over next door. I don't know how many, how many of you have seen the next door yet. Anybody, you'll be so surprised when you see how nice it looks. But we love these guys, and they've just meant the world to us. And when they told us that they were leaving, our our hearts, our hearts just crushed. And yet, at the same time. We know that it's something that's good for them and it's something that they're doing, and it's something that they feel the Lord is leading them, and that's what we want everyone to do. And so at this time, it is my privilege to, oh, am I oh. Oh, she's first. It's my privilege to, to introduce you. I'll do this as a plural introduction. The Switzers. can we welcome them as they come?
0: Good morning. My thoughts are a jumble this morning, so I'm sorry. I might follow quite a few little rabbit trails. Try to keep up. <laughs> um, my first time here at a Faith Worship Center, someone told me to go check out the prayer room. You've got to check out the prayer room. And I walked in there. This is hanging on the wall. It's now here. It's not on the wall in there right now. Um, and it whacked me. I don't know what better word to use than that, but I just stared at it, and it spoke to me without words, and we were just visitors at that point in time. So I'll try and stand, stand out of your way so you can see it if you want to take a look. Um, And then we visited a few other times, and every time I would go in there and stare at it, and it would speak to me more, and I think we were here for a couple years. Okay, so how many of you, is this the first time you're seeing this painting? A few of you, okay. How many of you see the person in this picture? Mm, Okay. Now that I say that there's a person in this picture, can you see it? Those of you who didn 't notice it before, it took me years to see this person, so the title of this painting is called "Leap of Faith," and it was speaking to me through the title and the the colors and everything, and I had never saw the person for years and then if you the person is blue is the blue if you can 't see that 's the outline a person taking this leap of faith clearly. Into the, into the unknown, right? Um, and so that pictured my call here to Faith Worship Center, this huge leap of faith. And um, if you don't know, we had to become missionaries to come here, and I did not want to do that. No no, thank you, God, you must have another plan for me. And, um, but no, his call was to come here and to walk through that journey. Um, And I've talked about that at a different time, so I'm not going to talk about that today too much. But eight years ago today, I was in Rwanda. And um, it was the tail end of a mission trip, That kind of was a fulfillment of sorts, of a lifelong promise I made to God. Not necessarily verbalized, but in my heart, the cry of my heart to follow him wherever he would lead, even to Africa, if need be. But back in those days, going to Africa was a huge sacrifice because you were disconnected from everything. There wasn't email. There wasn't cell phones. There wasn't snail mail. Didn't necessarily get there or back, and so you were cut off back then. When I, when my little heart said I would follow God even there, and so here I was in Africa, and um, even getting there was following the call of God. Now, when I hear that phrase, the
1: call
0: of God, it, the picture I get is like Him. Busting through the clouds of heavens and going, Lori, do this. <laughs> you know. And then I'd be like, okay, it's very clear, I know what to do. Um, that's not how it comes to me in my life. <laughs> uh, does, any, does he speak like that to anybody? Does anyone conk out like that? Um, I think one time I heard his audible voice, and he said one word, and it was Luke. And that, that was my response. We were in the D.C. metro navigating, you know, the underground rail train system, subway, and um, it was rush hour. And we were there with our four kids. Uh, for so. We were homeschooling at that time, so we were doing all kinds of great stuff in D.C., right? Showing our kids the town and I was navigating the front and Bob had the rear and he was supposed to keep all four kids in between us. So I'm going and we're going down escalators and this way and that way and there's all kinds of people and I hear Luke and I stop and I look and there's three kids and Bob and there's Luke about ready to step on a train and yep. and he's, he got following somebody else right? And, and I scream and he was able to reach his jacket and the doors closed. I don't even know, but that is the only time I heard the audible voice of the Lord. I am thankful (laughs) for that. I think he was about six or seven at the time, you know, and I'm just like, oh my, (laughs) just imagining all the what ifs, but God was good. Um. See, that's a rabbit trail. It's not important to this message at all. Um, So this is how God's call comes to me. Very easy to miss that. Very easy to miss that. So this trip to Africa, the last church we were at, they went annually. And there had been many announcements of the meeting to explore if you were supposed to go to Africa on this particular trip. And the way that it was presented, I just felt that nudge to, like, go check that out. And I was like, I'm not going on this trip, but I'll go gather information because I think I'm supposed to go on the next one. And um, so I sat through the meeting with, with that thought in my mind and... You know, what dropped into my spirit was to partner with Mandy. Mandy Adendorf, many of you know her, um, was going. And I still didn't know whatever. And I still didn't think I was going on that trip. But it turned out I was. And I did. And then um, there was no other trip coming for me. Because when I got home from that trip, my husband informed me, he'd been told to go find a new calling. I couldn't stay where we were any longer. Thus, our journey to Faith Worship Center began. But that was eight years ago that I was in Africa, following the Lord's little nudges, right, call. And he's just so good because that was a fulfillment, right, of something that my little heart had cried out. Um, Going to that particular church was a journey in itself, we transitioned from a, a very conservative uh, evangelical theology into what I termed the kingdom theology. And I was introduced to Holy Spirit in a whole new way that I hadn't allowed myself to be in my faith walk up to that point and introduced to intercession and prophecy and goodness and healing and be, became open to those things and allowing God to teach me those in those areas. So my, my invitation to Faith Worship Center was, like, let's go experience all those things you've been learning about. Like, let's really go and experience those things. Go experience God's goodness. Take an adventure with your money. <laughs> um, and I, my answer was pretty much no. No. No, thank you. Um, Because you see, the call can be resisted, ignored, and rejected. Thankfully, my husband had a different response. And I went along for the ride. (laughs) But I was definitely willing. By the time the, the Lord opened, but he needs... He needs that first yes. I remember visiting here in the process of we had, we had said yes, but we, and it, so it was in, but we were still employed at the last place, but we were up here visiting I don't know, and in worship, I just laid down. And God's little invitation for me was like, I need you to lay down your need to understand how it's going to work out on paper." How many of you know I'm the bookkeeper here? I'm passing that off to very capable hands. Miss Mary LeBaron's going to be filling those shoes here. Yay! Um, I need to know how things work out on paper. This is is my gift to the world. (laughs) Lay that down. And I laid it down, and I'm crying because what I'm realizing is this journey isn't going to work out on paper. And one time I tried to make it work out on paper. I got about halfway through the month's income and expenses. I was making lists, and I just heard the Spirit saying, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, am I supposed to do that? Because panic and fear will rise, right? It, like it replaces faith, and, I, and it was a faith walk. I just need to keep walking in faith and learn how to trust. So my number one fear of saying yes to coming here was that God has a a sense of humor. I was going to have to live in my car. Let that sink in. Now I'm choosing to go live in my car. It's a big car. It's a nice car. I feel like a turtle. You know, I'm just taking my house with me. So anyway, Darren and Lynn have been. So, they we're so gracious to say yes. Come, come here. Come, come to Faith Worship Center. Um, it was way out of my comfort zone in so many ways. Theologically, I felt very exposed although my theology had totally shifted the previous six years, nobody would know that if they went to the website of the church we went to. Nobody from my past would know that I had shifted in in my beliefs about anything. But if they went to the website here, they would know. (laughs) Because Daryl and Lynn are unapologetically bold in their pursuit of God and all that he offers, right? Faith Worship Center, And that's true of all you here as well. It's not just them. They lead that, right? But we all participate. And we boldly pursue presence and healing and longevity and the manifestations of the Spirit of God. And I love that. And for the past seven and a half years, I want to thank you for that. You guys are awesome. Thank you. But I have watched people. I've watched the wounded come in and spend time here and be healed. I've watched the weary come in and find rest. You know, those that are are faithful servers. It's like, just come, come and rest. Um, I've watched the warriors come and find strength. I've watched the wanderers (laughs) wander in and find direction. I've watched the worshipers arrive and find purpose, fresh purpose. I've watched speakers come and find a freedom to release nuggets of wisdom and things that they're hearing from the Lord that they aren't necessarily allowed to release in other houses. And I've watched the beaten come in and find their voice. And I'm amazed at the goodness of God that is allowed to, to just flourish here. And, like, that's a precious thing. And make sure you guys keep protecting that and pursuing it. It's not something you can pull back and protect. It's a thing that you just need to keep pushing forward with. So continue to be a house of pursuit. Yeah. Um, so, my you know, I arrived here, and I'm it's out of my comfort zone, and I'm invited personally to trust more, to let my faith be stretched in ways it had never been. I grew in confidence in how God spoke to me. I was one of those people that watched others be in the spirit and then try it on, see if it worked for me. And it didn't, right? So I remember one time, so in worship often, I would get distracted. I'd hear a word or a phrase or a reference to, you know, a sp- specific scripture and I'd like just have to sit down, pull my phone out, start looking it up and stuff and my husband would look at me kind of smile shake his head sometimes and I received that as a judgment like oh there she is distracted and worship again. Why can't she be here and worship God with the rest of us? I, she have to be distracted and be on her phone. So that's how I was receiving the look and the smile and the little shake of the head. So one day, after I'm, like, just disgusted with myself for getting so distracted all the time, mentioned it to Bob, and he starts laughing like he is right now. He's like, no, that's not at all what I see. And then he paints this beautiful word picture for me. He's like, what I see is God going like this to his daughter? Come here, come aside. I have something I want to show you. And that compelling is so strong, I have to go aside. And he shows me these amazing insights that you often get during transition. (laughs) And he says all that, and I'm like, this is how God speaks to me. And I reject it as wrong. This is wrong. I should be doing something else during this time. Shouldn't be doing this. So I'm missing the sweetness of the very thing I'm created, this communion that I'm created for. That's what's most real in my life is this connection. Not all this matters in comparison to that. And I'm in, at odds with it. Thinking it's wrong Because it doesn't show up How I expect it to Which is like it, how it shows up for Bob Yeah. You know, joyful jumping and all kinds of stuff And it's like that's not how I'm wired And it's fine if I jump occasionally But it's just not my normal Like this is not me And so But the way I am wired I have a Aversion to I don't understand it, so I don't treasure it. Well, I do now. <laughs> Yay, right? But um, I share my story with you. I hope that you find nuggets and that you then discover yours. Like, you're not going to be the same as me, and you're not going to be the same as Bob or anybody, anybody else, actually. But it's important to discover that inner intuition, that voice, that connection, and cultivate it. It's a garden and it needs to be cultivated. Um, Oh, here's another rabbit trail. I wanted to address this because I really liked what Serena said. She said, this is fertile soil. Invest here. I want to say yes. Actually, I want to scream yes, but I won't hurt your ears. Um, (laughs) 100% yes. You know, as a bookkeeper, I see... I see things. I see the abundance of the favor that is on this house. And when we arrived here, this is how much we had. We had zero. We were missionaries, mind you. We had to be in order to come here. And now I feel like we're, we're departing with the abundance that the Lord has gifted us with in the season of being faithful here. And we've invested our tithes here 100% while we've been here. And so I just want to say, I think you should too. Um, Testimony time. It's a good, it's a good place to invest. Um, So it's specifically like some other things I grew in while I was here that were out of my comfort zone was, you know, my understanding of um, angels and, and finances, actually. When someone told me I worked with an angel of finance, I was like, I do. Apparently, I do, and I like that. It's like, yay. Um, so, but specifically, the past two years, God's taken me on a deep personal journey. One of these little things. Come on. You have a fear of disappointment that holds you back, and it's not going to serve you going forward that we need to deal with. It mm, took about two years to get that uprooted. Um, fear of feeling disappointment and a fear of disappointing others as well. And boy, did it tie me down in many ways. Um, so anyway, the and I guess in the late summer, you know, there was this sense of, you know, this again. And I'm like, the call, right? Um, I like to call it an invitation. It's an invitation, right, from the Lord. Come on, I got something to show you. Come here, I got more for you. Come here, come on. Let's have an adventure that you... Re- you think you don't want but you really do want you know so i talk i laugh about being missionaries and i didn't want to do it right but there was every time i'd hear a missionary come up and talk about their you know testimony about how god provided in the last moment in the last day and the last whatever in extraordinary ways my little heart i didn't verbalize this but my little heart would say i want to have an experience like that We did, and I've talked about it, so you're going to have to listen to a podcast. I'm not going to go there today. But anyway, like he hears your heart's cry, and he wants to fulfill those. But in order for him to do it, you have to say yes to the invitations. And when the, the yes to the invitation means you have to say no to a lot of other good things that are in your life, like a beautiful house we had here, like a wonderful job and a beautiful, like, family of, like, it's like, could we have said no and stayed? I think so. I do. Would that have been wrong? No. But it would have been our comfort zone. And that's where the invitation to stretch and grow, I think, like, well, yeah, you can have that then. Okay. And the good would be there. But that, that next level that he wants to take you to, that next adventure, that, next, that all that stretching he wants you to do, won't happen unless you say that yes. And so sometimes you have to lay on the floor and cry about it, like I did. <laughs> and other times, like some of the the blessings come in the saying yes with each next step, like processing through our life again and letting go of all the things in my beautiful home and so that I can move from a 2,700-square-foot home into a 300-square-foot home was a challenging process, but it was good. It was good. Um, So we sensed that little call, and I was like, all right, God, yeah, all right, send your offer. I'll take a look at it. And no offer really came to look at, but this persistent. So we're like, what's that about? And then when Bob started sensing it, too, I'm like, yeah, what? Okay, maybe now that you're sensing it, the offer will come, and we can consider it and see what it is and stuff, and still nothing happened. And so one day, uh, shortly after we got home from vacation in September, Abraham came up on my radar, and I was reading something about Abraham, and I thinking about that. And so he, shortly before he was headed up to bed one night, I kind of just blurted out. I was like, well, maybe we're supposed to just be like Abraham and go, and then God will show us the next step i kind of paused and i was like you know let's like just get an rv and go and then god will sh- you know maybe it's time to do that you know fully expecting his response to be no way like that ain't that ain't happening but he just went hmm. i went to bed and i'm like oh no By the time I woke up the next morning, and he brings me my coffee, I'm staying there. I think he's like, "You know what you said last night?" Yeah. I was like, "What just happened?" So I like, "Wow." I'm like, "Wow, we're really going to consider this, huh?" Wow, because I knew that the oh, wow, there was a lot of house selling. Like, oh, there was a lot of stuff that we had to think about. And they were like, no, and I don't know how long, a few weeks later, we, we were like, we got to tell these guys that this is what we're sensing and what we're thinking, and we really didn't want to do that, because <laughs> we didn't want it because that was like a, a point in the journey where it's like, this is real, you know, and so that was not fun, that was not a fun conversation at all, mm-mm. Um, just to let you know how much this was not on our radar, last March, so not even a year ago, we write, we refinanced our mortgage, you know, get in on those even better rates, because we had pretty good ones. So, like, this, no, nope, not on our radar then, but here it is, that little, little invitation, right? So, Yeah. I don't really know. Coming up here, Psalm 27.3 was really something that God impressed on my heart. I just, that's still a good one. I would have despaired unless I had believed I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He has been good to us in this land of the living. This is is the good land of the living right here. It's alive. And um, his goodness has been known and experienced and received, and it will continue to be here for you. And um, it'll continue to be there for us as we do something crazy. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh... Thanks, babe. <laughs> when, when you, when you, uh, I don't, when, when you were growing up, did you ever play the, the game uncle where you like gla- grasp grass and then you try to bend the other person's hand backwards until they're in pain and they cry uncle to two of you. Okay, good. Well, yeah, <laughs> and then you play it again. Cause it's like, oh, dang it. I lost. Okay, let's try it again and then anyways. Or you do the the hand slapping ones whether it's whether it's, you know, on the palms or the ones by your side and you swing and and you ever play that one? That one's really great because your hands swell up and turn red and and you you know, you have trouble holding pens in class later because your knuckles are all. But but it's the idea of so so many of us have that picture when we talk about yielding. Right? You're going to yield to the call of God. And you think he's just going to bend me until I break. And when I finally cry uncle, then he'll let me go. And, and as I, as I thought about what, you know, what I wanted to leave you with, I, I I want you, I I want you to know you're it's, it's so vital how you picture God. When it comes to hearing and yielding to his call. Because if you, if you picture him as, as a, as an amazing, loving, kind friend who's big enough and filled with blessings that will never run out, then it doesn't matter what he asks you to do. You're just gonna be like, Pfft, yeah. But, if, but if, you have, if you have anything less than that, there's something in you that's going to be like, ah, God's asking me to do this. I, I remember growing up, I, I, I imagine Daryl remembers this too. We came from different theologies, but the same religion. <laughs> <laughs> I remember invitations, altar calls from missionaries, evangelists, and Sunday night service. And man, if you don't get up, if you're not willing to walk down that aisle, you won't even get out of your chair. For the love of God, God gave his life for you and you won't even come down this aisle. He hung on that cross and you won't even get out of your chair. Oh, yeah. I came down quite a few times, but there was this, and again, I don't, I'm not doubting the heart of the evangelists or the, or those that preached it. I'm, I'm not, please. I'm not trying to mock them. I'm just saying for me, there became this picture that if I didn't yield bad things were going to happen to me. And that they usually, they usually had testimonies of that, you know, story of some guy who knew he should have come down. His wife was next to him. He was like, I should go. I'm not going to go. And he gets in the car, you know, and get, has this horrible accident on the way home. And he's in the hospital. And he's like, God, if you get me through this, I promise. You know, and now he's faithfully serving in Africa for 27 years, something like that. Or, or, you know, it, it, I don't know. I could go on and on. It's because the stories were tre- tremendous and scary. And Scary. And you develop this, this thing of like this fear. So the idea of, of yielding, obeying, being directed, com, com, uh, complying, being constrained, being asked by God uh, to do anything, whatever word you want to put on it. If he's big and powerful and unpredictable master, then you just, you, you don't know what to do. It's like, Oh, I have to do this. I don't want to, but God, I'm going to yield myself to you. But if he's this amazing, loving, big, consistent, all-powerful God, then what fills you is love and freedom and hope. And there's excitement and joy and and goodness that you know is is coming. And there's a partnership with a plan that says, I'm part of a bigger community, and I'm going to stay connected And there's an empowerment that comes when you know who God is from that perspective. If it's not, if it's from fear or control or threats, then, then there's worry when you hear the call. Like, oh, no. How is this going to happen? There's this concept of disappointment of being tested. I think I'm being tested. God's called me. I'm being tested. If I don't pass the test, we all know what happens. You fail. And you don't want to fail, God. Mm. He don't just have a red pen. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry. I cracked myself up just thinking about it. When you have that concept of fear and control or threats you don't feel like you're partnering. You, you feel like you're going to be isolated. You're going to be stuck out on an island. You become weary. And some, sometimes you just become really prideful. I've been serving faithfully as the, you know, the trash picker upper around church for 48 years. I started when I was 72. <laughs> Nobody ever pays attention to me, but, but God does. And I have a crown and glory awaiting me when I stand before the judgment seat of Jesus. And I will take that crown and cast it at his feet because I am nothing but a lowly worm of a man who only deserves the garbage that I pick up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Okay. I did go to a lot of those meetings, so I will all getting these flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Perception is key. Perception is key. It really is, because you're, you can sense it as an invitation, an opportunity for deeper connection, an opportunity for, to find blessings, or you can feel manipulated, coerced, like you're going to miss God's will and you're going to end up being punished for it. Comply or die. I did think about the disciples. <laughs> uh, I, I know it came up last week. Daryl talked about it a little bit in communion. And I thought about the, the disciples and I, and I thought they, Jesus dies. The resurrection comes. Jesus goes, is, is, Caught up into the heavens, and he says, go, go into all the world. Preach the gospel, raise the dead, heal the leopard. Leopard. You could do that too, I guess. (laughs) It's not what he said, but you could feel free. Anyways, all this is going on, right? And Peter goes out, he preaches a sermon, and there's like, and don't forget, there's like over 500 other people were resurrected at the same time that Jesus was. So the atmosphere is charged, was like insane. People are going insane. It's not just a subtle thing like, well, whatever. Five hundred other people are also resurrected, and you know who has the answers for all of this? The disciples. They know why. They know where it came from. They uh, they understand the connection to the power. Uh, they are they are getting rock star status. Peter goes out, preaches a sermon. Five thousand people come to the Lord, and they don't even know what language they're talking. I mean, like the the ability to comprehend what's going on, the energy and of uh, the of uh, the central. Uh, 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 corporate insanity that's going on, the revival that's happening in, in Jerusalem at this time. But their last command from Jesus was to go. To separate from a community of believers that they had spent more than probably three years almost every day with. From a connection to a good God that they encouraged each other in. The depth of intimacy and connection amongst his disciples had to be so amazing. I know, I know they didn't always get what Jesus was talking about. I, I know. But man, they knew each other. And they loved each other. And stuff was happening in Jerusalem. Good stuff was happening. There was a good atmosphere. There was a growing influence for them, both in politics and in the the religious crowd. They could change a culture. They could revolutionize the city if they just all stayed together. That That wasn't what God asked them to do. How could they walk away from something so good? Because... They knew a good God. That's, that's my answer. They had been with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus, and the man that had, had taught them about a, the loving father, a man that they also spent three years with, that they also were in love with, said, I need you to go and tell everyone about the, uh, uh, about the kingdom. And they were like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to miss these guys, but it's going to be good because I know who's asking me to go. You could apply it to, you know, dating as well, right? Or hopefully you can still apply it to each other. If you're married, you're asked to do something by somebody who loves you and you love them. You just say yes. Sure. Sure. I'll do that. In a lot of ways, that's the way I feel today. I know who's asking me to go. And he is awesome. <laughs> and he is good. And he's got blessing. Uh, insane. I, 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 People are like, what are you going to do? I'm like, whatever I want. And also, I have no idea. <laughs> where do you think you land? Land. I'm just trying to drag 38 feet of house behind me without crashing. That's all. Land. I'm land. I don't even know if I can back this thing up. I don't. That may just be like, no, we're not staying here tonight. I can't get it in the bed. We're just gonna. We'll go to another RV park. Like, <laughs> I got no idea where we're landing. Landing. if it was only that simple. (laughs) (sighs) No, I know who asked me to go. I do. He's good. He's good. And if I can, not if I'm going to leave you with this, I, I know that a lot of you are being asked to do things. Not, and trust me. I know a lot of you aren't being asked to grab an RV and travel somewhere, But, but you've been asked to do things. And if you're having hesitation, don't beat yourself up over it. Just spend more time with your amazing heavenly father. Because what he's asking you to do will suddenly be like, yeah, I can do that. When I, when I was going through this, I was remembering, um, one of the, one of the many amazing teachers we had at, uh, uh, well, we had it here at, Faith school of supernatural ministry but she teaches at Bethel school of supernatural ministry her name is Tracy Evans she she like casually rolled out like this story one day in at the on the DVD we watched just like it, it was insane i don't know i don't know where she was going but she ended up like having to swim half the ocean she landed on an island that hated women they imprisoned her with like uh 500 naked men, 48 of which were shoved into a, a 10 by 15 cell. She's in it. Like she, I'm like, what, but she's just, she, that was irrelevant to her. Like it was just part, it was, just, I have to tell you all that to tell you, you know, where I landed. And that's the part that she spent all the time talking about. I'm, I'm sitting there listening to this DVD going, no, 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 no. I, I have so many questions. But those stories remind me of the Apostle Paul as well, right? The goodness of God overrides the circumstances. I can tell you about all the things that don't make sense about what we're doing, but they're really irrelevant because of who's asking us to do it. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. Go where God sends you. Stay where God tells you to stay. Give what God tells you to give. He's good. He's good. He's he's really not trying to mess with you. He's not trying to test you. He's not trying to look for an opportunity to punish you. He's not looking for an opportunity to let you know how disappointed he is in you. He's a good, loving father. I want to thank you guys. That that's my message part. I want to thank you guys um, for such a good place to be. As as I've stated. I do feel like one of the disciples being asked to leave an amazing thing (laughs) that's going on. I want to thank you for uh, a lot of coffee, barbecues, dinners, movies, birthday parties, fire pits, drinks. But really, for me, all of that was the fact that you all gave me an incredible, and both of us, uh, the incredible honor and privilege of being a part of your lives. I, I never take that, I never have taken that lightly. So many of you invited us in to your marriages, to troubled activity in your marriage. Some of you invited us into your divorces. Raising of your children, reconnecting with your children. You brought us into um, personal struggles, exciting events. So many of you humbled, just humbly asked us to help you learn to communicate. Man, I, I, I am honored. I'm honored to have been a part of your journey. I I do know that social media allows us to continue to be together, and I want I want to invite you to continue to do that. I have no problem with that. You can call me. You can text me. I'm on Marco Polo. I'm on Twitter. I have a website, like a, a podcast, like you can find me. Please don't think that when you know when the the luau's over, you know Bob Bob is. I, I can never speak to him again. You can, but I do understand. We're not going to see each other. I get that. I get that. And that's what I want us to tell you. I'm, I am honored to have been part of your journey in this close proximity for this long. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. And, and uh, like Paul has uh, said to a number of the churches he left, I, I will thank my God every time I remember you, every time. And for you as a congregation, I just I, I speak a, a constant awareness of God's heart for you. Because I do believe your perception of God is so key to moving revival forward in this area. In this geographical area. And in your families. That you will see him as a loving father. Continue to grow in him. That you will see his favor and provision beyond your comprehension. And that your community will continue to grow tighter. All while also reaching out to more. Huh. I will. I. I. I've, I don't know if I'll ever find a place <laughs> where I love worshiping more. I. I love the worship team here. I almost lost it several times today. Um. I just. It. They just. They're they're given the opportunity to to create and express their gifts, their artistry in an environment where the veil is thin, I guess you could say, where the connection is easy. And on that, I want to thank Daryl and Lynn. Uh, You guys birth this place. You guys maintain and parent this environment. And there's no way around that. (laughs) Uh, And for that, I want to bless you guys with an increased awareness of the fire of God within you. And for the healing power. that that brings to you and to all those that you touch. Because this atmosphere doesn't happen without you. And I bless you both with that. Thank you for having us.
0: Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.